been a long time that I have uh, done my podcast. Uh, it feels like ages, but I have been busy working on other projects. And also, I just decided, let me take a break and give you guys a chance to catch up on all the other episodes. You remember, we've done well over 33 episodes right now and all over, all over the world, all over the world. But what has been happening? You know, as you guys know, I am still under house arrest in Britain. I hear that um, Boris might release me back into the community as from July and everyone is excited. And um, those of you who know about me know that I enjoy performing on stage. So I'm looking forward to actually going back on stage and performing and addressing the British people. But before that happens, I need to continue with my podcast. And look, I'm not going to delay it any further. I have a very important, important person here today. I mean, when I read his CV, you will know how important he is. You see, I am going back to my roots, back, 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 back to my roots. And I'm really pleased to have him here. Uh, my guest, I met him many, many years ago, even long before I started uh, my presidency and I started performing comedy. I'm talking probably about 15 years. And I met him through a very good friend of mine called Juwan Ogunbe. And he asked me to come to one of his um, shows. He was doing a show in Bethnal Green, gone on the day, you know, those days of, you know, just attending shows. And he had this um, show he was done. I can't remember whether Juwan was actually playing the piano or he was singing, but he invited me. And that's how I met um, Alex well over 15 years ago. And I have kept in touch in my own little way. You know, that's the beauty of social media. You might not be in touch personally, but you get to see all the activities. So I want to introduce you to Alex Omar Pius, F-R-S-A. I, I put F-R-S-A <laughs> that is on his CV. And also that goes to show that he is a Nigerian because Nigerians are the ones who have their names and the qualification of their letters. They, you, have, you have to call it. It's like almost saying chief, but it's not a chief. It is F-R-S-A. <laughs> he holds a Master's of Arts degree in Dramatic Arts from National Academy of Theatre and Film Arts, Sofia, Bulgaria. His love of theatre education as a force for social change encouraged him to form Iroko Theatre Company in 1966. Huh? 1996. 1996. <laughs> my eyes are going out. 1996. <laughs> it goes to show that my eyes are actually going. That is the of, of being under house arrest. Uh, let me correct myself. It's Iroko Theatre Company in 1996. Iroko Theatre winners of the Guardian Charity Award for Innovative Approach to Education. The company uses African theatre art forms to enhance learning skills, health, and well-being of people of all backgrounds and abilities. Alex is responsible, listen to this, for conceiving, developing, and producing all Iroko's creative work. Those are the sort of tendencies of a dictator, eh? Conceiving, developing, <laughs> and producing. He does not dedicate, he does everything, everything. <laughs> Alex is responsible for conceiving, developing, and producing all Iroko creative work. So this is one of the reasons why I invited him to my podcast, because we have similar 
Similar tendencies, similar from conception to delivery. We do it all. <laughs> but also, I am interested in Iroko theater. And I'm also interested in the fact that we have the likes of Iroko theater who are educating people about African culture. And this is very, very important in this day and age that we are in. Look, Alex's CV is so long, we could be here for one hour. But let me just tell you, just one hour, just reading it. Let me just tell you something else. His recent new works include Speaking Without Voice, a project exploring um, four Nigerian nonverbal communication systems, Aroko, uh, Izibili, uh, Uli, and the Talking Drum, Forever Young, a project that uses creative act activities to enhance the health and well being of older people, someone who are living with moderate dementia. Stories of Africans living in Newham, a project that will research, record, um, preserve, celebrate, and share the stories of Africans who have helped or are helping to shape the economic and urban heritage of Newham. Look, there is so much that my good friend is actually doing. And you know, I am interested because I know I am going to, uh, people talk to me about my art when I'm on stage, that I'm very theoretical, that, you know, did I, did I study theater arts? I didn't. It's all raw. I don't have an FRS essay. So this is going to be like <laughs> an education to me. So Alex, welcome to my show. How have you been? You just keep laughing. How have you been? <laughs> Please, you don't need me. Continue. I just need to be watching you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to answer. <laughs> I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be keeping quiet and let no. you talk <laughs> no, no 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 i prefer you continue talking let me watch it <laughs> but how have you been how how we th there's light at the end of the tunnel now uh with with i know you you, you do live performances how have you survived yes. how have you survived i call it under house arrest you civilians call it lockdown how have you survived this last year well, it's a very good question. How have we survived the lockdown? Uh, first of all, I think uh, we were Iroko that is very, very fortunate uh, to have received um, a small funding right at the initial stage from the uh, the National Lottery Heritage Fund. And the, the funding was basically to help us, you know, um, to deal with the situation at that earlier stage. So we, in a way, we were, the, the, I mean, the pandemic forced us to look at our delivery methods. You know, you know, we are very, very interactive there with the community all the time. It was a big challenge. It was a big challenge because we had to find a way to migrate um, a couple of our services online. You know, like the project you mentioned, Forever Young, uh, Forever Young is a project that is working with the elderly in three London boroughs, as Newham, Redbridge, and Buckingham Dagenham. And uh, in Buckingham Dagenham, we were lucky to be working with the NELFT, that's North East London Foundation Trust, NHS, as our partner. And they have an older adult mental health unit. So over the past uh, two years, we've been, you know, working with them. We used to go to them fortnightly. Uh, we also, within the project, we we are able to have a collaboration with the Museum of London 
who we are running a reminiscence workshop on behalf of Iroko. So these are things that are really uh, physical activities, you know, with the Museum of London is about memory, you know, smell and touching uh, you know, items of yesteryears. How do you do this during pandemic? So we had to take things into the virtual world, whereby instead of delivering things like the clay modeling that we used to do, we're only doing music making. And, you know, with the elderly using, uh, they are now in their own homes. They, they themselves, they are in house arrest, like you said, like you. <laughs> so it's about body rhythm, you know, or using any, you know, percussive instruments they can find within the uh, within the home settings. So you, you're talking about pots and pans, people using uh, cans and so on to make music. And we discover that there is a different joy, you know, from this, you know, they are in their home setting in front of their own, some in the kitchen and making music. What would have been only for them? We now discover there is an intergenerational encounter. Those who have their, you know, their grandchildren with them, they are participating in the workshop. And to be honest, we were now reaching more people than originally anticipated, you know, in the project. So that is it. That's how we have been coping by taking some of these activities and all we are made possible through that, you know, initial funding from uh, uh, the Heritage Fund that enable us, you know, to take this work online. Wow. Wow. Yes. That is just really massive. So you've you've identified new skills, you've found new ways of interacting with, you've also found a new audience as a result? Absolutely, you are absolutely right. You, you know, new skills, for example, now you mentioned our grandmaster there, Juan, for, mm -hmm. you know, Juan was never part of this uh, Forever Young project, but after the lockdown, because of the things we could not do, we brought in fun singing for the elderly wow you know so fun singing and of course who else would i turn to other than our <laughs> grandmaster <laughs> Juan Ogunbe. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. uh, you know we went to Juan Ogunbe, who now uh runs uh you know uh singing fun singing workshop mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of iroko with uh people with uh, mild dementia not just that but also those their carriers mm -hmm. carers who are looking after these uh, these people so it's, it's been great it's been great wow you know? what, what you honestly it's really stunning what you do it because the impact it has on people's well-beings is just you, you can't even i don't know how you quantify it but what i was going to ask you is two things one what does iroko mean iroko is a tree Okay. Iroko is the is the great uh, the great Iroko tree. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, within the West Africa, actually the name is Yoruba. Mm -hmm. You know, in other place within in a, in a place like Benin, because in Nigeria, again they call it Uloko. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other places where it is called uh, uh, um, Sisi, That is Igbo. Mm -hmm. The Igbos they call it Okosisi, mm -hmm. but it's the same mythical Iroko tree. Mm -hmm. People believe that it has magical supernatural power it is unbreakable 
Mm-hmm. And it, it, the, the question is, it's a very good question because I go to, the, once we went to Leeds to perform, we were introduced as a Japanese group. Yeah, <laughs> the Japanese, then you saw African school with our flat nose coming. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, yes, Iroko, it, it has a mythical symbolism in the sense that people believe uh, it never dies. And it, through to, you know, uh, giving names within African culture, we thought calling the theater company Iroko because we believe that African culture, no matter what you do to it, is receiving uh, knocks and you know from all left and corner, but the the, the the culture will still remain there, just like the Roku tree. The Roku tree stands tall and steady. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really interesting when you mentioned that people actually thought that you that Iroko uh, was a company from Japan. Japan. Uh, yeah, you could you could you could have pulled it off as you are black Japanese, you know. <laughs> but, but I'm sure I'm sure the fact that they actually got it wrong and then you did what you did must have had an impact because as far as I'm concerned, people put you in little boxes. It's like if you have a name, if you have an English name, but you then have to be a black person who walks into an interview where they think, oh, you're English. You know, it's just, yes, yeah, that, that's, that's a subject for another day. <laughs> it is a, a subject for another day. But you're what, absolutely what, right. What pushed you to, to want to create, what inspired you to want to create Iroko Theatre and focus on African culture? What, there must have been something, what triggered it? You, you know, I came to this country and I was fortunate in the early 90s to meet uh, a group that used to be called the uh, Zuria of uh, John Adewale in Blessed Memory. I was volunteering with them and I uh, have my very good friend uh, Yusuf Ujalo. They were all in that company. And I went out you know, with them a, a number of times, went to primary schools, went to prisons with them. And I was just fresh out of university and I was blown, completely blown by, you know, the reception and actually the method, storytelling, you know, that we've within our culture and up till now, people don't, I go home, I try to tell children stories or when I, I mention about stories or those old stories parents used to tell us, these days those things are not, you know, kids don't know them back home. Uh, in Nigeria anymore, the stories of Ijakba, uh, the, the tortoise, in the Mbeku, as the Igbos call it, the stories of monkey, all these, you know, uh, fables through which, you know, we draw wisdom. Because you could do something in the afternoon, your parents would beat you. In the evening, they could tell you a story. Mm. You don't need to be told when they are telling you the story. The story, you will start seeing yourself in the story you have been told. You know, so this indirect way of education that we as Africans, we who actually own this method, we don't pay much attention. I was fascinated how it was being used here as an educational tool. So, when around 1995 or thereabout, Zuria closed, I was volunteering, you know, uh, it was at the beginning of the crunch, they are funded. Zuria lost their funding and uh, I sat home for about how many months? So three or so months, you know, and I thought about, come on, I know a lot of stories as a young person, 
when I was young, they used to, so I sat there just thinking, trying to get these stories back, you know? And that was how, and as a student of dramatic art, you know, sat in my front and you know, rehearsed these stories and so on. And I said, okay, I think it's time to start pushing some leaflets. I can do this storytelling. That was it. That was the beginning of Iroko Theatre Company in 1996. Wow. That was just it, you wow. know? Wow. Yeah. And that's, it's just really, that's a story on its own. It's just really interesting to hear your journey and that you set it up in 1996. And as a black business, you're yeah. still very much around. You, you, you've survived oh. the pandemic. You've, I'm sure you've faced a number of challenges. But what have been the challenges for you? Oh, President, President, please don't go there. It's a lot of, where do, where do we start? Yeah. Where do we start? It's, um, um, there've been a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, look at where we are now, you know, uh, there were in, in the very good years, mid 2000s, Iroko used to reach, you know, up to about 50,000, wow. you know, 50,000, you know, children and young people a year all over because we are traveling theater company, mm -hmm. you know, there were, Years whereby um, we are performing in Leeds today. From Leeds, you are not coming back to London. We are going to another another place. We are from Leeds going to uh, uh, the Isle of Wight and all over. You know, um, th that th that was it. It was it was challenging. It was challenging. Uh, the Iroko, the challenges. We should not be where we are today if it was not just uh, a small black company, like you mentioned, mm. a small SME company, we shouldn't be where we are today. Mm. With the, the impact that the company has, you know, made over the past 20 something years, yeah. over the past 20 something years, and we are still here, but it's all due to the fact that Iroko is still being seen maybe as an African theater company, whereas this is an African theater company that is, is making serious impact across all, um, all nationalities, yeah. Yeah. all nationalities. There was a program we did with uh, the big lottery, you know, uh, it's a four year uh, family learning program. Yeah. I have, yeah. We've lost him and uh, it's really interesting that we've lost Alex and we've lost Alex when we are talking about the, the challenges that he is facing. Uh, I wonder whether the MFI are listening to this, but um, I'm not sure whether I have lost him or whether there's definitely uh, some interference happening on this podcast right now as we speak. And um, I'm hoping that we will be able to get him back um, soon. Um, I've lost him. I have definitely lost Alex. So I hope he comes back. Um, he was talking eloquently about the challenges he faces. He was talking about the fact that uh, it's an African company but it's an African company, a black company that caters for all races and for all nationalities. And he feels that at times it's treated 
like just an African company, but the impact. He mentioned um, 50,000 children. Uh, that's the impact that Iroko Theater has had on, 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 on uh, the, the British um, society. I have no idea what's actually happened, but I have lost him. Um, but I will try and see if he will come back. Um, there isn't anyone who's come back yet. So we might have to um, either do this again or continue. Um, because I don't know where Alex has gone now. He's just, he's lost, lost. I've just lost him. I've just lost him. So we might have to, yeah, he's disappeared. He's disappeared like an alien. And it's really interesting that we were talking about the challenges and he disappeared. It's just really amazing. As soon as he started talking about the challenges, he disappeared. Let me see if I can find him on phone. Um, let me see if I can find him on phone. Um, Alex, 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 Alex. So he's gone. Yeah, let me try O2. This is sabotage, real sabotage. Let me try and get him on the phone. Hello, Hello sir, is that Alex? Yeah. I don't know what happened. I, your internet just- I don't know what, I've been trying to join you. I mean, it's saying you can't join, you can't join. Yeah, your internet, your, your internet just froze. You froze and then it just cut you out. My internet? Yes. Yeah, so what we what it just it just froze because I was okay. You froze and then it just cut you out. So what I'm gonna do is um I think you can still use you can still use the link again. Yeah. Okay. You can still use the link. So maybe what I would do is log myself out and use that link again. Give me a few minutes. Okay. Okay. Right. Give me a few minutes, yeah. Okay. okay. 